listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Along with JP, Kyrie, and Giselle, we're here until midnight. Then it's Sports Center all night on 98.7 ESPN. Hope you had a great Wednesday. Nice day to get a walk in, hopefully. Yeah, I'm going to keep bugging you about it. You might as well get used to it. Every time I talk to you, I'm going to keep reminding you about having your mask and social distancing. Why? Because there are state after state after state where the numbers are going up. After, after having been reopened, they're going up, up, up. So make sure we don't have that in our area, wherever you are, make sure you're doing what you're supposed to do. All right. So make sure you keep that mask on and have social distancing if you possibly can. So as we talk about the NBA and we understand that the NBA is coming back soon in the postseason, there was a lot of speculation about for the Brooklyn Nets with this long, long, long layoff. If Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant would be back, would they be able to return? especially Kevin Durant, who's already missed the, already missed the season, right? In theory, he would have missed the season because the season would have been over. It's June. So the season would have been done. And all through the speculation, I give him credit, he's been consistent. He has said, I'm not coming back. And I, for one, don't blame him. This is a major injury. Yes, I know he was working out. Yes, I know he. all the reports were that he's looking great and everything. But still, still, as a major injury, you need to take as much time as possible before you come back. So for me, I have no issue with Kevin Durant not coming back. I, I would, if I were him, I would wait. And that's going to be an interesting scenario, too, when we talk about how the shortened season, uh, where this season ended, that should end, uh, right? Like October. And then training camps go November, November. <laughs> and then the regular season will start again in December. So that could be an interesting situation for him next year. That's the other reason why, if I were him, I would not come back until next season. But if you're a Brooklyn Nets fan, you want to see Kevin Durant. You want to see Kyrie Irving. You want to see them together because that's what this whole big move was about. As a matter of fact, as JP mentioned to me, it was a year ago today that he returned in game five against the Toronto Raptors trying to revitalize the Golden State Warriors and see if he could will them back into the series. And we saw what happened then. He re-injured his Achilles. So, I once again, I understand. As far as Kyrie Irving is concerned, he had multiple injuries. Multiple. So, there's no need to rush him back. Let them heal. That would be my opinion. So, once again, I have no problem with it but I'm not a Nets fan. 
And I know there are some Nets fans who are pretty unhappy about that. They want their guys coming back. They want the opportunity to do better than the seventh seed. They want the opportunity because they feel, and listen, they're not wrong. They feel that with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant together, they should be able to possibly move up. They could be the 99 Knicks, right? The 99 Knicks in the strike-shortened season where they were the eighth seed. And they beat Miami as a one seed because, let's face it, that Nick team was not a one seed. That Nick team was not an eight-seeded team. That was more like a three or four. But they just had a slow start and they had a whole lot of things that happened during that during that strike-shortened season. And so that's what, you know, put them down in the eighth spot. And they end up marching their way to the NBA Finals. So it's not unprecedented. That's what makes these short seasons so interesting. That's why if baseball were ever able to get themselves together, we'll talk about them in top stories next hour. This could be an amazing situation possibly for them. But I'm just curious. I want to hear from the Nets fans at 1-800-919-3776. How do you feel about KD and Kyrie not coming back? And for the Knicks fans, I want to ask you, this question, because remember, a year ago, that was all the talk. Before Alan Hahn teamed up with Bart Scott, he and I were taking phone calls in the evening. And we were, we were enticed and, and, and fantasizing with the idea of KD and Kyrie coming here for the Knicks. Oh, it was going to turn the garden around. Oh, it was going to be great. All oh, the Knicks made the move with Christoph Porzingis, and now they can sign two max players, and these are going to be the guys. So I'm going to ask you, Nick fans, at 1-800-919-3776, if they were Knicks, if indeed Kyrie and KD were members of the Knicks and they could not play in the postseason, how would you feel about that? Now, I have my thoughts on how Nick fans would be. <laughs> I do. But I'm not going to give it away yet. I want to hear from you. 1-800-919-3776. Once again, for me, I get it. I understand why both of them are, are not wanting to come back after a short season. Here's the thing. You've had injuries. It's a short season. You're coming back. You're going to test your injury. And I feel there's going to be a number of players who haven't, who not trying to stretch themselves out, have to get themselves back in basketball shape. They're in shape, but, uh, but they're not in basketball shape. That's why there's going to be a time period for them to get in basketball shape. And there's a thought process that there's going to be some injuries. There's a thought process out there that some folks are going to have pulled hamstrings because we've seen it. We've seen it in other sports where you hold out after a while and then you come back in and have to play. And remember, you're playing in the postseason, so that's higher intensity. Everything's on the line. It's it's like the analogy would be in baseball, right? Where the pitcher comes in and it's when they have runners on base, those are stress, higher stressed innings. All right, so this is a higher stress situation. Because it's postseason, you're fighting. You're trying to get to the playoffs. You're trying to get to the NBA championship. 
So you're going to try to do more. You're going to try to give every effort. You're going to try to do whatever you can to win that game, to get that thought, to, to get that championship. Right? Especially now because you've got an opportunity. We don't know how Giannis is going to perform with, with Milwaukee. They have no momentum. No team in the NBA has got momentum after being off for three months. All right, so no matter how Milwaukee looked, no matter how Toronto looked, no matter how the Lakers looked and the Clippers, no matter how they looked, they're vulnerable. We don't know how they're going to perform right now. We don't even know if all the players are going to be able to play. I'm sure you heard the things that I've heard about players a little apprehensive about coming back with COVID-19, kind of want to see what exactly is going on with testing, kind of want to see what exactly the distancing is going to be, this this mythical bubble that's going to be in Orlando. Want to see how that works out? And how are they going to make up these rosters if indeed somebody does get the COVID-19 virus and you have to pull them off, your team? Maybe one or two players. How does that work? You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. And once again, to be fair, and I get to the calls in a second, to be fair to KD, he has been consistent. He said it. I'm not coming back. And I get it. I understand why. But I'm just curious, as a Nets fan, how do you feel knowing that you'll have neither one of those players when you guys return? And if the season ended, if the season ends the way it's when you guys ended it, when it came to the screeching halt for COVID-19, you were the seventh seed, which means off the top of my head, you would face the Toronto Raptors to play seven. So how do you feel? How do you think you would do? How disappointed are you that you're not going to have those guys? And how well do you think you'll do without them? Before the Knicks fans, because they were almost Knicks. They, they, well, not almost, but in your minds, they were almost Knicks. If they were Knicks, how would you feel knowing that you would not have them for the postseason? Daniel's in Manhattan. Daniel, you're batting leadoff on the ESPN New York tonight. Hello. Hey, Daniel. Hello. Um, so, pers- Daniel, I can't hardly hear you. Can you speak up? Yeah, sorry. Does okay. that matter? Much. All right, so personally, I'm a Nets fan, and uh, I do not really mind uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving not playing for, the re- for, the, for when the season starts up because, you know, it's a shortened season, and for the long run, we would want them – to be healthy and 100 percent for you know the regular season of 2021. So that's my opinion, and I personally, without them, I do not think that Karis Levert, starting point guard, could fill for Kyrie. That's my opinion. You know, people take that differently, but that's just what I think. But but let me ask you this: Does and Kyrie is a tremendous player? Daniel, there's no question about it. Tremendous player. Of course. But does the how the ball moves, is it a little different without him? Does it I seem mean, like more I people get involved without him? 
I do think more people will get involved with the ball when he is not on the court. But of course, when he is on the court, you know, he's one of the best scorers that you'll ever see, probably. Well, and you know, I think the ball is shared more and spread out the floor more when he is off the court. But on the court, he's an extreme threat. So there's positive is positives and negatives to having him on the court. Spencer Dinwiddie has been a has been a really good player for your team. How do you think he'll be able to do um, I mean, with Karis LeVert in that backcourt? I mean, in past uh, seasons, he's he's played very well in the playoffs. Um, you know, in the regular season, he's play, he's been playing pretty well. So I'm pretty confident in what he'll bring to the table. All right, Daniel. Thanks for checking in. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Sal is in Brooklyn. Hey, Sal, you're next on ninety eight seven. Larry, Larry, what's going on, my brother? How what's up, Sal? How are you, my friend? All good, man. Excellent, excellent. Listen, good, let me just good. say thank you for being there for all us callers, and I do mean it sincerely. This way, we're not sitting here talking to ourselves all the time, and you actually allow callers to get that point across, man. And I, I sincerely thank you for that. You got it, uh, Sal. Thank you. With, with, with the Nets, any Net fan, and I know you're looking for Nets fans. I'm a Nick fan. I can't help it, man. What am I going to say? But you knew Durant wasn't coming back. For anybody mm-hmm. to even think or, or try to uh, talk bad about this guy in any sense of the word, oh, he should be back? Absolutely not. You knew one year you weren't going to have him. But Kyrie got to play. It's not okay. like if you're going to say he's not going to play and he'll come back healthy next year. He's never healthy. So anybody on the court is going to be better than Kyrie at any time because he's hardly out there anyway. I mean that. So take your salary, take your money, get out on that court, because he's going to sprain an ankle, his shoulder's going to hurt, the elbow's going to, something's going to happen to this guy, and you're not going to have him anyway. So you might have a somewhere down the line. You're not this season. And, uh, and, then, and then that's it, man. He's got to play. Yeah, one's got to play, one's going to sit. Yeah. That's my thing, though. Larry, I hear you, Sal. Pleasure, my brother, man. Thank you. Have yourself a great night. You too. You too. Thanks for weighing in, Sal. That's interesting. So Sal believes that Kyrie, if he's able to, should definitely try to give it a shot because of the fact it's the postseason. KD, you knew. You knew he wasn't coming back. Forget about him. You know, see him next year. See him December 1. Also, later this year. See him December 1. But Kyrie, after a long rehab, not playing, should he be able to come back? It's interesting. Buddha's in the Bronx. Hey, Buddha, you're next on 98.7. Hey, what's going on, Uncle Larry? How you doing, big bro? I'm doing great, man. What's happening? All right. Three quick things, man. Um, before I make, before I start laughing, I just wanted to, you know, I know that, um, you know, boxing is not that big. But, you know, I was watching the guy, Shakur Stevenson. I've been watching him a couple of times. You know, yesterday, man, that was a vicious body shot to, to the Carabao. But if he wants to, you know, he said he's going to be up there with Sugar Ray and Floyd. I mean, you got to get some competition, bro. The mm-hmm. same thing, like, with Lomachenko, man. I mean, like, you know, yeah, listen, and I love Tessator, and, and I love Bradley. I, I, I loved him on the call. Mm-hmm. But they, they telling me about this guy, Lomachenko, man, like like like, like, like he's um, Roberto Duran or something. I mean, slow down, man. Like, who was he for, yo? You know what I mean? But anyway. Yep. <laughs> listen. <laughs> listen. <laughs> nah, man. I'm sorry, man. No, but you're funny. No, you're good. Laugh. <laughs> <laughs> listen, laugh. Listen. Listen here. Big pun. He's a good friend of mine growing up, man. You know, he had a song that was called Wishful Thinking. Yes. And the first part of the song goes, 
what would you do if you could do the unbelievable? That's what Jacques Vaughn is saying <laughs> as, as the next coach. <laughs> yeah, anybody who thinks that Kevin Durant was going to play for him wasn't going to play for Atkinson. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Is it come back now? He ain't coming back in that December. What you calling him? Kevin yeah. Durant's at that stage of his career with a couple of chips, you know, some MVP in, in, in the finals. Like he's he, he he's like a, a what you call? It? He's a dictator at this point. Mm. He's not coming back on that team until they got a legitimate coach. And you're going to see four or five of those players are not going to be in there. He's not setting foot back on. For what reason? For yeah. what reason? To carry to carry a, a franchise on his back in his later years? Come on, get out of here, man! It's absolutely ridiculous. But um, I heard Shannon Sharp say something today, and um, you know, had me thinking, man. Like all day, man. You know, he was talking about how he went to um, you know, a historical black college, mm-hmm. and I was just thinking, man. It's like, imagine if they could, you know, in the midst of all that's going on, that they could have some kind of symposium or something, and they could get like maybe five or six five-star recruits to spread out through that, through that um, conference. Mm. Man, listen, that might be your NFL coach's path to getting those head coaching jobs. If I'm Eric enemy and there's one of them top five guys got in there, especially if it was a quarterback, yeah. and you knew he was going to be amazing, I might take over one of those schools' jobs, man. You know, you got to think outside the box, man. You understand right. what I'm saying? Yeah, that bull absolutely. rush and trying to tell people, you know, who got money and power what they want to do, I mean, good luck with that. You can't even get your next door neighbor to stop playing music loud sometimes. <laughs> yeah, you're right. come on, man. You're right. I, mean, I don't know, man. Sounded sound, sound very interesting to me, man. Really did, man. Yeah, that's an interesting point. You're right, Buddha. That that is interesting because it, it it's about leverage and it's about what you're able to do and how well you perform with the talent that you have. And so, and thanks for the phone call. And so, when you when when you show what you can do. And you mentioned think out of the box. That's uh, that that's an interesting thing. That's an interesting thing. That's something that you know can be tangible. That's something that you're proving that hey, you know what? I can work with anything. I can do anything. And so you know maybe that would be a way to go. You know maybe maybe one eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Getting your thoughts. So I had a net fan call me. Isn't that amazing? I know there's others of you out there. Net fans, how do you feel right now knowing that you don't have KD and you don't have Kyrie for the postseason? And do you agree with Sal from Brooklyn who says, look, I understand no KD. That's good. There's no question. We, he wasn't coming back. We knew that. Forget about it. But I really expect for Kyrie to give it a shot. I really expect for Kyrie to try to play. Both of them should not be sitting. Kyrie has played this season. Shouldn't he be able to get on the floor? And of course, for my Knicks fans, how would you feel if both those players were on the Knicks and they weren't going to perform in the postseason? How would you feel about them? You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. A couple of uh, addendums, a couple of extra notes that we uh, have to give you from our top stories of the day. 
We told you that we would give you the first-round draft of the local teams. The Mets took Pete Crow Armstrong, a center fielder out of uh, Harvard-Westlake High School in California. Uh, according to uh, our scouts on um, ESPN.com, Crow Armstrong looks the part of a future big league outfielder. He has great pedigree for a future star. And his mother played the mother in the movie Little Big League. He's also been talked about as a top prospect in this draft since he popped on the radar as a California prep star. The big question is if his power will develop to match the rest of his skills. If it does, he's an all-around outfielder worthy of a much higher spot in this draft. So that's Pete Crow Armstrong, center fielder out of Harvard-Westlake High School in California. As far as the Yankees are concerned, they took a catcher, uh, with, and they picked 28th in the first round. And um, they took a catcher who a lot of people were impressed with his name is Austin Wells. He's out of Arizona. Uh, Yankee system is weak. According to once again, the uh, draft preview on ESPN.com with uh, Yankee system is weak in bats with big upside other than teenage outfielder, Jason Dominguez, who has yet to play a minor league game. Wells immediately becomes one of the best hitting prospects in the system. And even if he doesn't stick a catcher, he can move the first base or DH if the bat plays. Yankees also drafted Wells out of high school in the 35th round in 2018. So obviously they've liked him for several years. He hit 355, 462, 552, as a freshman with more walks, 46, than strikeouts, 43. Followed that up with a strong performance in the Cape Cod League, hitting 308 with seven home runs and 156 at-bats. Bats lefty and has projectable power. One other note that we did not have a chance to get to in uh, the top stories. The U.S. Soccer's Board of Directors has voted to repeal a 2017 policy that required national team players to stand during the national anthem. This rule was adopted after Megan Rapino kneeled in support of Colin Kaepernick. The board made the decision during the conference call on Wednesday. So now this is um, another situation where you see things starting to change. It's 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 interesting, right? It's interesting what conversations can do. It's interesting how just trying to look at the other side. And once again, listen carefully. It's not disrespecting the flag. Okay. It's not disrespecting the flag. What the soccer, U.S. soccer board has said is it's not mandatory for you to stand for the flag, which means you don't even have to come out of the locker room. You don't have to kneel. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to come out of the locker room if that's what you don't want to do. Interesting. Interesting. Back to the phones. Trey's in Brooklyn, Texas. Hey, Trey, you're next on 98.7. What's going on, Larry? I'm doing great. How are you? Everything is everything, man. Same, you know what, different toilet. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I kind of do. All right, so you ready to go to work? Yes, sir. Let's do it. We're headed to Patchogue, New York. The location is 101 Hospital Road. That's where you find the hardworking doctors and nurses and all the folks helping COVID, helping families, helping patients at Long Island Community Hospital. And they've done just a tremendous job and they continue to work round the clock and uh, just really working hard. And I got to say this, Trey, uh, I'm looking, I'm seeing the stats. 
about different areas like Texas, where the numbers are going back up again, like the home state of North Carolina, where my mommy is, where the numbers are going up again, uh, like Arizona, where the numbers are going up again. And I'm getting really concerned. The weather's really nice today. Trey was really nice. So I, I started the show. I'm going to say it again for our first responders. They've done a tremendous job over these months. Okay, tremendous job. They've been working round the clock. They've been away from their families. Please don't put them in a situation where they're going to have to do this again. And we're going to have to be back in our homes. We're just starting to get out. Please wear the mask, have your social distancing so that we can, you know, let these these hardworking folks who've done just tremendous work over these months kind of have a little life again. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I mean. Larry, you know, I mean, you, you know, you're speaking the gospel tonight. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's a serious, man. And like you said, I'm in, I am in Texas. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, we had our, they, Dallas had, Dallas had a, a huge day today in a bad way. It was 300 new cases and three new deaths. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> I can't understand what the, what the, what the, what the big deal is, man. You know, I, I really can't, you know, you know, in World War Two, you know, we asked people to, you know, the women to, to, you know, to do the, you know, the was it? I can't remember her. Was it Betty the Riveter? Or my, I can't remember her name. Yeah, 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 yeah. Famous for famous for the poster. You know what I'm That's saying? Right. And, and, Rosie. You know, and, and you know, yeah, we had Rosie the Riveter, and we yeah. asked people to go out there and you know, war bonds and all of these things, Larry. But all we're asking y'all to do is to socially distance yourselves, mm-hmm. and, and 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 it's like that. that that's like pulling teeth. Yep. You know, and then, and then it puts, like you said, our first line responders, our, our, our hospital workers, all of those, it puts them at a higher risk of, of more work, which, good God, they don't need. You know what I mean? Right. I mean it's, it's crazy, Larry. It's crazy. And you're speaking the gospel tonight. So I wanted to, to, to double back on that, and I wanted to say a shout-out to Montefiore uh, New Rochelle oh, yeah. Hospital. Yes, out there is. in New Rochelle. Okay, now what this is, this is a teaching hospital. So they're putting out the next frontline workers that are going to help with the with the second wave. And, you know, these are the kids that are going to graduate early, some of them. You know what I mean? And Some of them and, already and, out. So they, right. <laughs> some, some of them already put the work. So they, can, so they can get out there and help, you know. And this yeah. is also a, a COVID-19 testing site as well. You have to go through the proper steps, but it's a mm-hmm. testing site as well. And, you know, they're doing great work out there. So we want to lift them up, let them know we're thinking about them tonight, especially with the rise in numbers and some places, you know, and I'm just praying for New York right now. I'm good where I'm at in central Texas, mm-hmm. where I'm at, the numbers aren't doing what they're doing in the major cities. Again, we're talking about, we're talking about different family environments, Larry. We're talking about, you know, seven, eight people living in apartments sometimes, mm-hmm. Larry. I mean, that might not the most ideal situations, but family is family and we do what we got to do. And, you know, it's it's going to be taxing this summer because it is the weather is warming and you know people do want to get outside and do things that they feel that they are due because they're American man I'm American I want to live mm-hmm. you know what I'm yeah, saying so I absolutely. think that that's you know I think I think you know going to the lake going to the beach these are things that you could do but we gotta if we waited this thing out the right way we'll 2021 will be a great year. Yeah, you know what I mean? True. And we got to really think about that, man. So I know I can't wait to get back to see y'all, man, to get back to the Faso game next year. So that's what I'm counting on right now. I ain't worried about this year, man. This year's a wash. You feel yeah. me? So we got to take true. it in consideration and, and really big up those first, those first line responders, man, because they're doing a hell of a job right now. They, are. So they definitely are. Wanted to they say definitely that. Are. Yeah. No question. About All right. It. I, I know I'm going to have problems saying this kid's name. So I apologize in advance. Denny Avdia. I hope I said that right. I hope I said that right. This is the kid from Tel Aviv. He plays for Maccabi Tel Aviv in Israel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, good playmaker, Larry. Um, 
great passer to be so to be so big. Uh, he's mm-hmm. like six eight. Uh, uh, he's a possible Robin, Larry. What I mean by that is he needs a Batman. Mm-hmm. So I don't okay. think he'd be coming to the Knicks, but he's a he's a possible Robin. You know what I'm saying? And he's left Bell with the ball in screen situations. In ball screen situations, he's Le'Veon Bell. He's so patient. Oh, my okay. God, he's so patient. Damn, they get a three-second, he's so patient. You know what I'm wow. saying? He's just he's down there just camping out, but he's so tall that he creates a, a, a problem with a guard trying to guard him around that foul line area, you know, gotcha. which, which which Coach Hubie Brown loved, that foul line down extension. Oh, yeah. So he loved that. <laughs> and um, he's a good uh, good team, help side defender. He, so he, he – He's a little jumpy on defense. He's got this little hop thing that he does, Larry, and I saw that more than like five times when I was watching his tape. He mm-hmm. kind of hoppy, and he'll get exposed at the next level because some of the threes and fours that he's going to run into are pretty good ball handlers, and they'll take him off the dribble and make it a bad night for him. Right. Um, other than that, a consistent shooter. He can stroke it. He has problems uh, coming down in transition, trying to you know do too much a little bit sometimes. So mm-hmm. that'll come with coaching, and that'll come with putting him in spots where he can be successful. So – other than that, he's a pretty solid player, man. Denny Abdia, I like I like him a lot, man. He's he reminds you uh, the the tape that I saw. They they had the comparison of Hito Turgalu. I'm thinking more of a shorter, uh, uh, needing more weight Danilo Gallinari. That's what I saw in the okay. tape. Okay, was not a bad player. I mean, that's not, no, he wasn't not bad. He was a good player. No, so I mean, no. you know, he's you a know, bench guy. He's, he's a bench help. guy for yeah, your team. Gonna, absolutely, he's going to help the team. And to answer your question real quick about um. What was, the, what was the poll question again? Uh, how do you feel about no? If you're a Nets fan, how do you feel about no Kyrie, no KD? And if you're a Nick fan, how would you feel about them not being available for the postseason? They both would have been hurt anyway if they played for the Knicks. Period. <laughs> okay. I mean, we know how this would have went, Larry. Come on, you know what I'm saying? We're gonna have to do this the hard way. God loves us, but He's gonna make us work for it. Yeah, it's true. He's going to make us work for this, man. Because you know why? Because 69 was so special. Yeah. 73 was so special. Those are two of the greatest basketball teams to ever be put on wood. So, yeah. of course, our next one gonna, is going to take some time. And, of course, we're going to go through arduous tasks to get there. But, Larry, guess what? We're going to get there. We're going to get there. I promise you we're going to get there. But as long as i got to keep doing all these damn draft prospects, we're going to get there. <laughs> you better get there, right? <laughs> we're going to find somebody to draft, Larry. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. This is all fun, and this is why we call you, Larry, because this is why you're the constantly area of New York sports. You do a great show every night. you got your staff on point. They always rock with you, Larry, and we love you, Larry. You're the best. All right, Trey. Thanks, my friend, and, and thanks for checking in and doing that, that scouting. It's, you're, you're breaking it down for us. We appreciate you. We really do. You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN.